The Bottom Line in Business Talk. Voice America Business. The Small Business Trends Radio Program on Voice America is brought to you by Six Disciplines Corporation. www.sixdisciplines.com forward slash VA. Welcome to Small Business Trends Radio with Anita Campbell. In the next hour, Anita and her guests present current trends in small business and how you can take advantage of them today. So grab a pencil and turn up your speakers. Here's your host, Anita Campbell. Hi, and welcome to the show. I'm Anita Campbell, your host, and I am so glad you could join us today for another edition of Small Business Trends Radio. We've got another great show. The topic is Franchising in the New Millennium, the Latest Trends. Marty McDermott, President of Franchise Interviews, is our featured guest today. I will be introducing Marty in just a few minutes from now. Today he's going to be speaking about the ABCs of franchising. For instance, did you know that during the second quarter of this year, 95 new franchise concepts evolved. There are so many prospective entrepreneurs interested in choosing a franchise. Listen today and you'll find out where to begin. Marty is the founder and president of Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews gives an up-close and behind-the-scenes look at franchising through their bi-weekly newsletter. He is also a marketing professor for Kaplan University and Gibbs College, and he has a bachelor's degree in marketing, an MBA in international business, and a post-MBA in entrepreneurial studies from Farley Dickinson University. Well, welcome to the show, Marty. It's great to have you on. Hi, Anita. Thanks for having me on your show. It's such a pleasure to finally get to speak with you. Well, that's, that's terrific. Marty, uh, first, why don't you tell our guests where you're joining us from today? Well, today, Anita, I'm calling from New Jersey. I'm actually uh, in between classes. As you mentioned in my bio, uh, I'm an adjunct professor for two business schools. Uh, I teach marketing for Gibbs College, which is in Piscataway, New Jersey, um, as well as Kaplan University, which is uh, one of the bigger online universities in the United States. But Franchise Interviews is located in Williams Township, Pennsylvania. And um, you know, for your listeners who aren't familiar with Pennsylvania, we're right along the Delaware River. Uh, it's a nice part of Pennsylvania. Um, we're about 50 miles north of Philadelphia, uh, several miles south of Easton, and uh, 300 miles east of Pittsburgh, which I understand from uh, Stacy, that's where you're originally from. Yes, I, I am originally from Pittsburgh. Uh- in fact, one guest uh, remarked on my Pittsburgh accent. I, really, I think I recall that. I think I listened to that show, actually, your Pittsburgh accent. That's something. Have you ever been out towards the uh, eastern area? And oh, yes, absolutely, and okay. it's wonderful. Yeah, we're fairly new to Pennsylvania. We've been there two years now. You know, I've been from uh, New Jersey most of my life and uh, lived in New York for a little while as well, and uh, it's, it's just a wonderful state, so we've really taken to it. Well, Marty, how did you get involved in franchising? Well, Anita, it was back in, um, back in 1999. I had a really good job. I was working for a company called Venture Direct Worldwide. And Venture, they're a Madison Avenue firm. They're one of the bigger direct marketing firms in the country. 
my job with Venture was an online media sales rep. And uh, I specialized in building advertisers for a new business opportunity website. It was called the Be Your Own Boss Forum. And this was when the Internet was, I guess you could say, it was starting to boom. It was really taking off uh, during that time. And the advertisers for this particular website would typically be anyone, any kind of business that you would see in like a business opportunity magazine, such as like a, like a vending operation or maybe like medical billing or multi-level marketing. And I figured that a great client for this website would be franchises. And there was a franchise show at the Jacob Javits Center uh, in Manhattan, which is a fantastic place to uh, have a trade show. I don't know if you've ever been. Have you ever been to the Jacob Javits before? Uh, no, actually, I have not. No, it's a massive place. I know your show last week was on. I think it was last week was on trade shows. Yes. Um, but it's just it's such a fantastic place to have a trade show. I got there bright and early. I got there. It was on a Saturday. I guess it was about 9:30 in the morning, and the doors opened up at 10. And uh, I stayed there all day. I think I stayed there till five o'clock that day, and I tried to speak to everyone possible. And you know, it was interesting for me, Anita, because back then, during that time, you know, my perception of franchising, probably like a lot of other people, it was food franchises. You know, I thought you know McDonald's, or I thought Burger King, and I thought Dunkin' Donuts. But when I got there, you know, to find out that franchising was just so much more than that, there was advertising franchises, it was newspaper franchises, there were uh, shoe repair franchises, I mean, you name it, they had it, you know, and, and, and that just, that fascinated me, that, that whole concept. So I did a very good job at, at building advertisers for this particular website, um, but after working for Venture Direct, I guess it was about a year, I was having what was called, a, I guess you could say Michael Gerber calls like an entrepreneurial seizure. <laughs> um, I, I, I wanted to, you know, ever since I, I, I've been a little kid, you know, I've told my wife this story a, a thousand times. I think I wrote my first business plan when I was like 12 years old uh, oh, wow. for a baseball for card store. So I've always wanted to go into my own business, but this seemed to be the right time in my life to do it. So I wanted to start my own company slash website that was just dedicated to franchising a website where people could come to to just get franchise information, you know, because franchises are a lot different than, like, let's say, like a business opportunity, like a vending route or a multi-level marketing uh, type of operation. You know, I'll, I'll talk a little bit later more about that. But um, so I started writing a business plan, and in the process while I was writing this business plan, I came across a website on the Internet. It's called FranchiseAmerica.com, and they were getting fantastic search engine placement, they were coming up like in the top for like a Google or a Yahoo or an MSN. But what I noticed about the website is they really didn't have any advertisers. So I felt confident enough to call the owner up of the website. And I introduced myself and I said, you know, I, I think we should talk. I have this idea. And, uh, you know, we talked, we spoke for several weeks. I guess it was about three weeks and we came to a partnership agreement. And um, Franchise America, you know, I'm proud to say it became one of the bigger franchise websites on the Internet. You know, we were definitely a main player. When, when I first got into it, back in 1999, there was only a handful of websites that was dedicated to franchising. So we were kind of like in the right place at the right time. And after five years of, of having Franchise America, then, you know, the company was sold to a competitor, and I found myself out of the franchise business, so you can say. And I was out of the business for about a year, 
And during that time, I was going for, as you mentioned in my bio, I was going for a post-MBA at Fairleigh Dickinson University in entrepreneurial studies. So I was still kind of connected to entrepreneurship, so you can say. But I missed the business so much, Anita, that I started Franchise Interviews. And I started it as a free newsletter. And what I did was I placed my banner on a variety of franchise websites. And I think I started with like a, it's probably like five or six subscribers to the newsletter. It was probably myself, my wife Connie, my parents, and a couple of friends. You know, I'm proud to say that you know we've, we've built it to over 4,000 subscribers at this point. You know, oh, so it, it's certainly growing. Yeah. yeah, and you know, so that's how that's how I kind of ended up in franchising. So it certainly has become uh, one of my passions. I, I really okay. believe in it. Well, listen, I want to uh, ask you some definitions as mm-hmm. we delve into some detailed questions here. Sure. First of all, what is a franchisor? A franchisor is somebody who's actually created a system. You know, a system, system is the most important word in franchising. A system meaning like a method of doing business. Um, it's interesting you ask this question. I don't, have you ever seen the movie um, The Color Purple? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was, my wife uh, and I were watching it this weekend. She'd never seen the movie, so I said, you have to see this movie. And there's a great scene in the movie with Celie and Nettie, and Nettie's reading a book to her sister Celie. And they come across the word system. And Celie says to Nettie, she says, you know, what does system mean? And Nettie says, oh, it's kind of like a method of doing business, so you get the same result every single time. And that's franchising by definition. And the franchisor is somebody who actually created the system. So it's a step-by-step okay. process. Mm-hmm. And right. that, by the way, is a very long process. I mean, it's something um, that probably takes about a year to actually document. This is what's called like an operations manual. Okay, hold um, that thought. Okay. I want to get another definition. What is a franchisee? A franchisee is somebody who actually buys the system or the method of doing business. They have the right to use the company's name, trademark, and they follow the step-by-step process. So they're actually, the analogy is this, the analogy for franchising I use is the franchisor is the teacher and the franchisee is the student initially, you know, and they kind of master the whole process. And hopefully they're going to follow this step-by-step process and get the same results okay. as the franchisor. Well, let's talk a little bit about, you know, what is changing and different, you know, as it relates to trends. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, first of all, is there anything new in franchising, or does it all stay the same? And if so, what's different? It's a great question. It's um, it's definitely different. There's There's been probably... I would say there's been about two big changes over the last couple of years. I would say the biggest change is the number of concepts that are now franchising to grow their business. Um, it was amazing, Anita, that the one year that I was out of franchising and then I came back, I, I almost felt like a stranger. You know, I felt uh, very comfortable uh, in franchising for a long time because I felt I spoke to every franchise in the United States uh, you know, one point or another. And then when I came back, it was all these new players. And uh, so I was shocked at all the new concepts that evolved in such a short period of time. Um, before I came on the show today, I did a little research. And uh, according to the IFA, they're the International Franchise Association. They're 
based in Washington, D.C. Um, they have a lot of great information, by the way, on franchising. Um, you can find their website um, address. It's franchise.org. Um, let's see. Over the past three years, nearly 900 concepts started franchising, and 500 of those concepts were in 2005 alone. Um, I suspect that that's probably a record. I don't think um, that's ever been done in the history of franchising. So what that means in English is that there's more industries choosing franchising as a method of expanding their business. Um, All right. Well, we have to take a short break, so I'd like you to hold those thoughts. Uh, Do join us after the break. We'll be back in two minutes with more from Marty McDermott. You're listening to The Bottom Line in Business Talk, Voice America Business. Here's CEO and founder of Six Disciplines Corporation and author of Six Disciplines for Excellence, Gary Harpst, with this week's Six Disciplines Tip of the Day. If you wanted to talk to someone about how to avoid a heart attack, the best time to talk to them is while they're fit and have the time, the energy, and the capability to do the preventative things to avoid it, as opposed to when they're in the emergency room, that then is not the time to speak about long-term fitness. The right kind of client is one who is actually already successful and has the wisdom and the insight to realize they're going to sustain that success. They need to allocate some of their time and energy to doing the fundamental things that will change their future and avoid problems. We are targeting healthy organizations that want to do the things necessary to remain healthy. We are not targeting organizations that are in deep trouble because they need a different kind of help during that period of time. For more information, visit us on the web at www.sixdisciplines.com slash VA. When it comes to running the business, there is nothing more important than timely industry information to leverage your bottom line. Smallbiztrends.com is the resource for trends, issues, and opportunities in the small business market. Daily trend articles, newsletters, RSS feeds, you can find it all at smallbiztrends.com. For personalized consultation or commission trend analysis, smallbiztrends.com editor Anita Campbell is available by emailing her at anita at anitacampbell.com. Smallbiztrends.com, your one-stop resource for trends that influence the global small business market. Are you a small business leader who seeks excellence in your business? Do you want to improve the short and long-term strategic planning in your business? Then you'll want to learn more about Six Disciplines. Six Disciplines is a new class of professional business improvement service, which combines a systematic methodology, practical Internet technologies, and local coaching to help the best organizations achieve lasting excellence. If you are committed to do what it takes for your organization to be excellent, log on to sixdisciplines.com forward slash VA or download one of the many free charts, checklists, and other tools to put you on track to build excellence in your organization. To learn what it takes to be excellent, go to www.sixdisciplines.com forward slash VA. The bottom line in business talk. Voice America Business. Welcome back to Small Business Trends Radio with Anita Campbell. If you have a question or comment, dial toll-free 866-472-5790. Now back to the show, here's Anita Campbell. We're talking with Marty McDermott, 
who is president of Franchise Interviews. Now, Marty, right before the break, you mentioned that one of the big changes in franchising over the last couple of years has been the sheer growth in the number of franchise concepts that are out there. Why do you suppose that is? I think because franchising now, Anita, has a, for the most part, a successful uh, track record. You know, I mean, we have a history at this point. And, uh, you know, people see the success of uh, a company like Subway, which, you know, Subway is now the number one franchise in the United States, and Quiznos is number two. And it's interesting because a lot of times when I ask my students or, you know, prospective entrepreneurs, you know, what do you think is the number one franchise in the United States, people still think McDonald's is, is number one. And actually, McDonald's, for the very first time, I think they're number 16, um, according to Entrepreneur's Top 500. So... I don't think they were too happy. So it, it, it certainly has, there's certainly a track record of success in franchising. And yeah, you might say we like our Subway or sub sandwich. Absolutely. I'm a big fan of the product. So uh, <laughs> it, 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 they're a fantastic franchise, by the way. Okay. Well, what else has changed? I mean, are there other big changes, too? There are. I would say, Anita, that, you know, one of the next big changes is, is, is more people are researching franchises through the Internet. You know, when I got back, when I started Franchise America back in 1999, you know, I had this niche in the market because there wasn't really anyone out there doing what we were doing. Um, and again, by the time the company was sold, I think there was 100 websites out there that was dedicated to franchising. The reason for that is because more people are looking for franchise opportunities through the Internet. Um, a word of caution, though, when, when you're researching a franchise through the Internet, Sometimes a particular franchise can look bigger than they really are. What I mean by that is you can have a franchise that maybe has one or two franchisees, um, but their franchise looks a lot more significant than, let's say, a Subway or a Quiznos. You know? So it could be a little misleading sometimes when you are looking uh, for a franchise through the Internet. And, um, and I guess that means you have to do your due diligence, which we'll be talking about in a little bit. Definitely. Absolutely. You have to do your due diligence. But, you know, I, I do want to mention, you know, even though, you know, I'm not in the franchise show business, I think the shows are fantastic, though. I think it does give um, prospective franchisees or prospective entrepreneurs a chance to meet the franchise face-to-face. I think that's very important. Um, this year, you know, when I went to, I went to a couple of franchise shows this year. Uh, the big one in Washington, D.C., which is sponsored by the International uh, Franchise Expo. Um, just incredible. Um, again, the concepts out there. But what I did notice this year, you know, compared to other years, is, is that the attendance is dropping. You know, the couple seminars that I went to, uh, I mean, there was like five or six people in there, you know, which was kind of disappointing. I, I, I think the franchise shows have a lot to offer prospective franchise. It gives you, sometimes it gives you a chance to even test the product. I mean, you know, I always say when you go to a franchise show, try to go hungry because (laughs) there's so many samples, you know, there's pizza and ice cream and yogurt and um, I don't know if you're a a, a Seinfeld fan, um, Anita, if you've ever watched Seinfeld. I am, yes. But they had the the, uh, Soup Nazi, which it doesn't go under that name, by the way, but I think they go under the franchise, the Soup Man. And they started franchising now, um, and I had samples of, of, of their soup, and it was just totally out of this world. It was just an incredible product. Um, it's one of those things that you say, wow, I have to try and get. So 
It does. It gives you a chance to try the product. But why do you suppose that the attendance is down? I would say it has to be attributed probably to the Internet, you know. Uh, it might be the days, too. You know, typically, you know, the franchise shows, they run from, like, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, so that might have something to do with it. I'm not sure. But I would suspect that it's, it's mainly because of the Internet. You know, all the information is really right there. Um, you know, and you could do it from the comfort of your own home, your own home so you don't have to travel to a place like Washington, D.C., which is a fun place to go to. You know, I, I love going there every single year, but, uh, you know, maybe I think a lot of people don't want to travel either. You know, you can get the same information from home. So I think that had a lot to do with it. Are there other changes in the franchise um, industry or the whole world of franchising, or are those I would say that those are the two big changes. Is okay. the number of systems that have you know come into existence um, you know over the last three years again 900, which I think is a significant number, um, and how people are actually finding a franchise now. But again, just you know to the listeners, a word of caution is you know when they are surfing on the internet, you know you do have to be a little careful. Again, as you say, you know due diligence very very important. Now, when you talk about the number of franchises, are you referring primarily to the U.S. market, or are you referring to a broader market? And also, could you give us an idea of what, what is the popularity level of franchises in countries other than the United States? Well, I can definitely speak for the United States. I mean, I think in here, you know, it, it, it's interesting. There's approximately, in the U.S., there's about 85 industries franchising here in the States. There's no such thing as what's called, you know, a lot of people, sometimes like I'll read magazines and they'll talk about maybe like a franchise industry, and there's no such thing as a franchise industry, um, but there are, however, 85 industries franchising. Um, as far as what we have here in the United States, you know, some statistics, um, again, we have about 2,500 different franchise systems to choose from here in the U.S., other countries are franchising, by the way. Um, and, in fact, you know, we've had some great concepts actually come here to the United States. I'm trying to think of some that come to mind. It was one of the very first interviews I did in it. It was, called, it was a franchise called Quick Curb. And they're from Australia, actually. And uh, a really neat concept. But um, uh, I, think, I believe they got their first franchisees here. Uh, I think it was actually in Florida. Um, so... The answer to the question is yes, there are other countries franchising, but no one has embraced it like the United States has. Well, what are some of the other countries where you will typically find franchise systems? The other countries would be uh, Australia has uh, some franchise opportunities there. Um, New Zealand, uh, India is starting to franchise. You can actually um, uh, go on the Internet and um, – there's websites dedicated to franchising in India, or there's websites dedicated to franchising in the U.K. Um, again, you're not going to have as many choices as you have here in the U.S., but I suspect that that's going to change over time because, uh, um, again, other countries have seen the success of your companies like your, uh, your Subway and, you know, your Quiznos. And, um, no, but they're going to run into some problems. Uh, just like, you know, a lot of U.S. franchisers did. I did my uh, thesis, Anita, on the um, internationalization of U.S. franchisers in the U.K. And it's interesting because you think of the, the United Kingdom, you say same language, same culture, but there's been a lot of franchisers here in the States 
that have gone to the UK and uh, they've they've just totally bombed there. They've ran into a lot of complications and a lot of problems, um, which I suspect other countries may do here. You know, they they might have franchisees. Um, they might start franchising here in the United States, and uh, it may not work because of uh, uh, different culture, different laws, things like that. So, but no one has embraced it like the United States has. Well, Marty, I'd like to switch gears a little bit. And many of our listeners listen because they are looking for very specific prescriptive advice. Mm-hmm. So for our listeners who may be considering purchasing a franchise, uh, getting involved, or you know, in some way uh, looking at the whole franchise option, mm-hmm. what would you recommend for them? Uh, for example... You know, what would be general advice you would give to someone who is looking to buy a franchise? That's a great question. Yeah. You know, it's, it's usually that's a question in need of that. Uh, a lot of times what I'm doing in an interview, I'll ask franchisors or franchisees, you know, what advice would you give to an aspiring entrepreneur looking to buy a franchise? Because it's, it's, it's a very long and big process. You know, usually to answer that question, I, I usually break it into a couple different parts. You know, the first question I like to ask someone is, you know, why do you want to go into your own business or why do you want to buy your own franchise? You know, I think that's an important question to answer. And, you know, one of the most frequent answers I hear is, I want to be my own boss. And I'm sure you've had that experience too, you know, working mm. with a lot of uh, yes. uh, aspiring entrepreneurs, which I totally understand, you know, because I used to say that, um, I remember when I was in my young 20s, uh, Anita, I was uh, having a conversation with an older gentleman who was, uh, was a very successful entrepreneur, and I was telling him how I wanted to go into my own business. And when he asked me why, you know, I had the same response. I said, you know, because I want to be my own boss. And he called me ignorant. And I was really <laughs> taken back by that. I said, he you know, called you ignorant? Yeah, here I am. I'm thinking that, you know, I've always had the highest admiration and respect for entrepreneurs and here I am telling this gentleman this, and he called me ignorant. And I said, why you know, did you say that? And he said, you know, because every one of your clients is essentially going to become your boss. You know? and, and he was right to some extent. I mean, when, when I started Franchise America and we had 400 or so clients, um, you know, every one of those clients essentially you know, was my boss. You know? And I had some nice bosses, and uh, I had some not so nice bosses. Hopefully they're not listening to the show. But, uh, you know, you never really, I think, become your own boss. I think the customer does essentially um, become your own boss uh, mm-hmm. to some extent. So uh, what, what would you consider a good reason for wanting then to uh, get into a franchise? I think it has to be, and, you know, and this is something that I emphasize to uh, my students, Anita, or prospective entrepreneurs, I think is, you know, find something that you're truly passionate about, um, something that, you know, you truly enjoy doing. Um, you know, Ray Kroc, who bought uh, the McDonald's concept uh, to the world, you know, he had a wonderful quote. He says, choose a job that you would do for free. You know, and I, I think it's the same thing when selecting a franchise, you know, because there's so many different concepts out there, um, there's just so much to choose from. You want to choose something that you really enjoy doing. I think I hear the music coming. 
Yes, well, we have a break coming up. This is the half-hour break. Uh, do join us. We have another uh, half-hour to go with Marty McDermott talking about franchise trends and franchise tips. Please join us after the break. More and more people are starting their day with informative, focused business talk. Top experts. Today's business issues. Voice America Business at voiceamerica.com. Here's CEO and founder of Six Disciplines Corporation and author of Six Disciplines for Excellence, Gary Harpst, with this week's Six Disciplines Tip of the Day. Lining systems is easy to say and hard to do. It's what happens after you go off and set all of your priorities and all the enthusiasm is built, and then you're left with figuring out how to make the processes, policies, technologies, people, measures, all those things fit together to deliver great performance. I'm reminded of a misalignment one of our clients had. It was a small printer who was going to purchase a million-dollar printing press, and I asked what the process was for doing that, and he he had an elaborate six-month, multi-man-month project to evaluate all the best products. It's a big decision. He later mentioned he was hiring a sales manager, and I asked what the process for doing that was, and he said, well, I'll take them to lunch. Clearly, there's a misalignment. When you're hiring a sales manager, 20-year person for $60,000, you're making a bigger decision than you are acquiring a printing press. So aligning says, is about getting all those pieces to fit together to fit your strategy. For more information, visit us on the web at www.sixdisciplines.com slash VA. Are you a small business leader who seeks excellence in your business? Do you want to improve the short and long-term strategic planning in your business? Then you'll want to learn more about Six Disciplines. Six Disciplines is a new class of professional business improvement service, which combines a systematic methodology, practical Internet technologies, and local coaching to help the best organizations achieve lasting excellence. If you are committed to do what it takes for your organization to be excellent, log on to sixdisciplines.com forward slash VA or download one of the many free charts, checklists, and other tools to put you on track to build excellence in your organization. To learn what it takes to be excellent, go to www.sixdisciplines.com forward slash VA. When it comes to running a business, there is nothing more important than timely industry information to leverage your bottom line. SmallBizTrends.com is the resource for trends, issues, and opportunities in the small business market. Daily trend articles, newsletters, RSS feeds, you can find it all at SmallBizTrends.com. For personalized consultation or commission trend analysis, SmallBizTrends.com editor Anita Campbell is available by emailing her at Anita at AnitaCampbell.com. SmallBizTrends.com, your one-stop resource for trends that influence the global small business market. The bottom line in business talk. Voice America Business. Welcome back to Small Business Trends Radio with Anita Campbell. If you have a question or comment, dial toll-free 866-472-5790. Now back to the show. Here's Anita Campbell. Welcome back. We're talking with Marty McDermott. Marty McDermott is from Franchise Interviews. And we're talking with Marty about trends in franchising in the United States. And also we're getting into some tips for uh, entrepreneurs, uh, prospective entrepreneurs who might be thinking about going with a franchise concept. 
Before we get back with Marty, though, I do want to take just one moment to thank our sponsor, Six Disciplines. Six Disciplines has just been a terrific sponsor. Uh, Six Disciplines is a methodology for growing a small business to lasting success. The methodology is outlined in a book called Six Disciplines for Excellence, which you can buy at Amazon.com or on the Six Disciplines website. Six Disciplines is also uh, leadership centers, which are popping up around the country. Uh, it actually is a franchise concept itself. So do check out Six Disciplines at www.sixdisciplines.com forward slash VA. Please remember to spell out the six in Six Disciplines, S-I-X, and it's forward slash VA after the dot com, V as in Victor, A as in Albert. I also want to remind listeners that archives of this show can be found at SMB trendwire.com, which is our podcast site. You can find this particular show as well as all of our shows at smbtrendwire.com. All right. Well, Marty, right before the break, I had asked you the question of what advice would you give to prospective franchisees looking to buy a franchise? And so you were in the process of you know, breaking that down into manageable chunks. Right, so absolutely. let me just yeah. let you go. Yeah, well, you know, where I think I left off, Nita, was, you know, I, I think it's so important. And, you know, I, I think it was another guest uh, that was on your show several weeks ago. You know, he, he kind of mentioned the same thing. You know, find something that you're truly passionate about. You know, I, I truly believe that it, 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 it's, it's very difficult uh, to become successful if, you're not doing something that you're passionate about or something that you love. So I think that's so important. And, again, you know, one of the challenges, you know, or the difficulties, I guess you could say, of, of having these, these now 2,500 different choices of franchises to choose from in the United States is uh, it, it sometimes makes it a longer process because there's more out there. There's more to choose, you know. So um, it makes it a longer process. I think... It's also important that an aspiring entrepreneur take an assessment of what their strengths and weaknesses are um, in addition to what they like to do. You know, what are you good at? Um, what are you not so good at? You know, I, I joke around with my wife frequently that I have, uh, you know, two left hands. So I wouldn't be very good at, you know, going into a franchise that requires uh, fixing things or, uh, you know, anything that requires uh, any kind of mechanics, like you can say. You know, where my background is more uh, in sales and marketing, so you can say. Um, you interviewed a, a franchise several weeks ago that actually met in uh, D.C., um, Our Town America. Oh, yeah. I think it was. Mm -hmm. And uh, that kind of franchise for myself would be perfect. You know, I actually have a background in new resident marketing. And, uh, you know, everything that that gentleman was talking about, I totally related to. I understood exactly what he was saying. So that kind of franchise would be perfect for me. But, you know, as, as big a fan I am of, of, of Subway, and, you know, you mentioned you like them as well, I don't think I would do particularly well with the Subway franchise just because I wouldn't enjoy it so much. You know, mm -hmm. so I think that's so important to find something that, that, that you, you truly love to do. Um, getting back to, you know, in the beginning of the show, we were talking a little bit about franchising, and I just wanted to go back to that because I think a lot of people don't understand 
the concept of franchising, what they're, what's actually what, what they're doing when they're buying a franchise. Um, you know, when you buy a franchise, you you're buying a system. Okay. Um, in other words, you have and, and you have to be totally willing to follow the system, the method of doing business. Um, franchising is is certainly not for everybody. For example, if, if, if I said to someone, if I said, how entrepreneurial are you on a scale of 1 to 10, and you said to me that you were a 10, I would kind of steer you or that person away from franchising because this is somebody who is constantly thinking about new ideas on how to improve on things. And you can't do that in franchising. You have to be totally willing to trust the system and be able to follow the system. And if you kind of cipher or kind of steer away from, from those things, you're not going to get the same results. So, um, Interesting. It sounds, Marty, as if to be a good uh, franchisee, mm-hmm. you have to be good at executing. Absolutely. You have to be willing to follow the rules. And you'd be surprised, Anita, at how many people, I believe, get into franchising and they want to kind of change the rules, you know. I mean, like an, an example I would give is, you know, you bought a McDonald's franchise and you think that uh, a, a burger would taste better with a little more ketchup or a little more mustard or maybe add a couple extra pickles and they'll taste better. And that defeats the whole purpose of buying a franchise. So, you know, it's interesting because I was talking about this last week to a friend. I think, you know, somebody who would uh, make a great franchisee would probably be someone like from the military, so you can say. You know, somebody who has been taught to follow uh, a system or a method, a a way of doing things. Somebody who doesn't like following instructions is is, is not going to do well uh, in franchising. So franchising is probably, believe it or not, not for most people. You know, when you're talking about entrepreneurs, because they're so creative, and, uh, you know, they, they, they like to come up with their own ideas. Um, they might become a little frustrated uh, with, with this kind of method of doing business. So it's really, it's, it's not for everybody. Trust is certainly important when you're going into franchise. You have to be willing to trust that, that uh, the company has come up with a, a good concept. Well, what else should, uh, you know, prospective franchisees be looking at as they're looking at a decision to whether to buy a franchise? That's a good question. You know, this, what separates franchising from everything else, there's this fantastic document. It's called the Uniform Franchise Offering Circular. It's commonly referred to in the franchise industry as a UFOC agreement. Um, what you, is, it, I'm sorry, UFOC. The UFOC initial. agreement. Actually, Anita, you can. Um, we have the uh, a sample of a UFOC agreement, or at least the elements posted up on our website, franchiseinterviews.com. But what is it? It's a document. It covers 23 areas um, that one would need to know to make an intelligent decision on buying the franchise. Um, what happened was. Prior to 1979, I think it was, it was a lot of franchisers would make outlandish claims on how uh, how much money someone can make. Um, they'd basically say, you know what, if you buy into our franchise system, um, in a couple of years, you're going to own your own island. And, no. Yeah. And, well, <laughs> so, <laughs> you, but you'd be surprised at how many people actually fell for that. And you know, here you here you are. You have a franchise, a successful franchise like a McDonald's. You know, Ray Kroc did a, a, an exceptional job 
at, at, at expanding on the McDonald's system. I think McDonald's today is up to about 32,000 restaurants on the planet, you know, which kind of says a lot. I mean, that's, that's a lot of restaurants in, in, in a fairly short period of time. It started back in the 1950s. Um, but these other franchises were coming into uh, franchising, and they were giving franchising a bad name. And it was kind of becoming like, um, well, I guess you could say like a multi-level marketing or, you know, pyramid kind of schemes where people were becoming very skeptical. So what happened was, was the FTC stepped in and they created what was called this franchise rule uh, where all franchisers would have to answer 23 questions uh, in this document, again, called the Uniform Franchise Offering Circular. Um, some of the elements, I won't give you all the elements, I'll just give you a couple of them, what's included in it. The UFOC would include uh, things like the franchisor's name, um, any affiliates of the franchisor. Uh, it would talk about their business experience. I mean, that's something that you would want to know is, you know, what is their experience in the industry? Um, because what, if they were a shoe salesman, you know, four weeks prior to getting into the franchise, uh, you know, you need to know that. You know, hopefully the franchisors that I've interviewed, you know, over the last uh, – year and a half. I mean, what I've noticed is a lot of them have significant business experience. I mean, one of them I was interviewing uh, called Arizona Pizza Company. Uh, this gentleman was, has been in the pizza business since like 16 years old. You know, so that's part of one of the things that you're buying when you're buying into a franchise is his experience um, of the industry. You know, he knows it like the back of his hand. The UFOC also lists any litigation that's going on with the franchise. I think that's important. No, I mean, if, if, if you see uh, tons of lawsuits pending against a particular franchise, that would kind of set off some alarm bells with most people, um, you know, and I would probably maybe perhaps steer you away from a franchise like that if you saw a lot of litigation. Mm -hmm. um, well, I think the most important element of the UFOC agreement, um, it lists current and former franchisees, Anita. I think that's the most important part of this, this UFOC agreement because these are people that you actually want to speak to. Um, so not just current, but actually former ones. Former ones, which is probably, absolutely, is probably just as important. So you see, that where, that's where the honesty comes in by having this UFOC agreement because would a, would a franchise really want you to speak to a former franchisee? I mean, chances are if they're a former franchisee, something happened. It's not always bad. You know, maybe, uh, you know, they, they, they uh, had something personal happen to them. And, uh, but, but there's always a chance that, you know, when you speak to someone like that, that they may have had uh, a dispute with the franchise. So there's a list of questions, by the way, that, that, that you'd probably want to ask both parties. You know, when you're, inter when, when you're researching a franchise, let's tell people you're going you're gonna to interview three different people. You're going to interview the franchisor, you know, which we defined in the beginning of the show, you're going to interview um, uh, current franchisees, and you're going to interview former franchisees. So when you talk about due diligence, I mean, this, this is it. I mean, this is a lot of homework. Um, you know, I had someone ask me several weeks ago, how long does it take to, you think, to buy a franchise? It, it takes a long time, I think. I, I, I think, you know, a lot of times I, I compare it to, uh, uh, to a marriage, so you can say. You know, I mean, it's such a... It's such a big commitment, and uh, there's just so much information you need to obtain because it's a, it's, a, it's a big purchase, in all honesty. You know, 
Well, we we're uh, coming up on a break, so please join us once again following the break for the final segment with Marty McDermott on franchising. You're listening to The Bottom Line in Business Talk, Voice America Business. Are you a small business leader who seeks excellence in your business? Do you want to improve the short and long-term strategic planning in your business? Then you'll want to learn more about Six Disciplines. Six Disciplines is a new class of professional business improvement service, which combines a systematic methodology, practical Internet technologies, and local coaching to help the best organizations achieve lasting excellence. If you are committed to do what it takes for your organization to be excellent, log on to sixdisciplines.com forward slash VA or download one of the many free charts, checklists, and other tools to put you on track to build excellence in your organization. To learn what it takes to be excellent, go to www.sixdisciplines.com forward slash VA. When it comes to running the business, there is nothing more important than timely industry information to leverage your bottom line. SmallBizTrends.com is the resource for trends, issues, and opportunities in the small business market. Daily trend articles, newsletters, RSS feeds, you can find it all at SmallBizTrends.com. For personalized consultation or commission trend analysis, SmallBizTrends.com editor Anita Campbell is available by emailing her at Anita at AnitaCampbell.com. SmallBizTrends.com, your one-stop resource for trends that influence the global small business market. Are you looking for a unique perspective on today's market from an experienced economist? Well, look no further. Listen to The Economic Contrarian with host Mike Norman every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Business America Radio. Mike and his guests will discuss new trends in the marketplace as well as emerging companies and opportunities. So if you want in-depth analysis from a contrarian point of view, don't miss The Economic Contrarian Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time right here on BusinessAmericaRadio.com. Keeping you a step ahead of the changing world of business. This is Voice America Business. Welcome back to Small Business Trends Radio with Anita Campbell. If you have a question or comment, dial toll-free 866-472-5790. Now back to the show. Here's Anita Campbell. Well, Marty, right before the break, we were talking about questions that a prospective franchisee should look at asking when they're looking to buy a franchise. And one of the things that I have been following when it comes to buying a business, buying an existing business, Mm -hmm. uh, has been this growth in business brokers or intermediaries who help prospective buyers are there such intermediaries in the world of franchising who could help you navigate through this? Absolutely. There certainly are, Anita. And there's, you know, there's, like anything else, there's, there's good ones and there's bad ones. You know, the, the, the companies uh, that I think are more respectable, you know, the ones that I've come to respect over time, I think the biggest one is FranNet, uh, which is a franchise broker. Um, franchise brokers, you know, I, I have mixed opinions on them. Uh, for me, you know, I recommend people that I think that they should go out themselves and find a franchise opportunity. I think franchise brokers, I mean, they serve a great purpose. You have to remember with franchise brokers, who's the client? You know, it's a lot of times you see 
um, like in um, entrepreneurial magazines or franchise magazines, you know, free service. We'll help you find a franchise for free. Well, how are these guys actually getting paid then? Somebody's paying them, and it's the franchisor. So they have a portfolio, you know, and it's typically maybe it's about like 100 different franchises. And, 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 and you know, in, in, in many cases, you know, I, I know people who've used franchise brokers, and they've done very well. But a lot of times that franchise broker has steered them towards franchisors in their portfolio. So could there have been a better choice in some instances? Perhaps. Um, I remember one gentleman who was, uh, look, he was using a, a franchise broker. It wasn't Franet. I won't say who they were. And um, he was looking for a children's education franchise. And this franchise broker um, kept steering him away from the one that he was most interested in. You know, you say, and he asked me, why was he doing that? The reason he was doing that, I suspect, was probably because he wasn't going to get a commission on it. So mm. I think you want to be a little careful with that. But I think right. some franchise brokers serve a very good purpose. I mean, a lot of times they can help you maybe identify what industry you're looking to uh, start off with. You know, I mean, if you can eliminate the food industry, well, you know what, that's probably 50% of, of the 2,500 uh, different franchises right. Right. That, that we listed. So I, I think they, they, they certainly serve a valid purpose. And, and I guess the bottom line with the brokers is there's good ones and there's bad ones. Just be cautious, and you have to ask yourself, who is the client? Um, Can you negotiate with a franchisor, or is it a case of this is what their offering is, this is what the price is, and mm -hmm. take it or leave it? How does that work? Yeah, the answer is absolutely. You can certainly negotiate when buying a franchise. I believe a lot of prospective franchisees don't know this, though. Um, they don't know that negotiation is part of the process. You know, I think what happens in it is they see a fancy contract and, you know, they think nothing can be changed. Um, uh, what I learned from doing, you know, some of the interviews over the last year and a half um, is to uh, not be misled into believing that the terms of a franchise program or agreement can't be negotiated. Um, and that doesn't mean that everything in, in, in the agreement can be negotiated. But I think there are certain things that um, uh, would be reasonable. Um, you know, a lot of times uh, the terms of a franchise agreement, usually you'll see they're like five years or seven years or ten years, sometimes even 15 years. Um, prospective franchisees think that they have to live with that, you know, that that's just part of the contract and that's it. But, you know, what if you're a retailer and let's say you, you found a location um, that's offering you a five-year lease, are you really going to want to sign, you know, a 10-year agreement with the franchise? You know, I think, I think you want those two things in sync. So I think there's certain things that are reasonable that you can negotiate. Um, I think things like the royalty, I would be uh, a little surprised if a franchise were to negotiate that part of the agreement. Um, what you will find that, you know, and I've learned this from experience as well, is the newer franchises are more willing to negotiate than the older, more successful franchises. You know, McDonald's doesn't need to negotiate anything. Um, but if you do have a franchise that maybe only has one or two franchisors, I think what you, one or two franchisees, what you will find is those guys are a little more flexible um, in negotiating the contract. So that's one of the advantages, by the way, of getting involved with a newer franchise. Right. You know, the problem is they don't have, yeah, they don't have a, a, a long track record. But, you know, you think about, you know, our grandparents, you know, a lot of times they joke around saying, you know, how many of our grandparents wish they bought a McDonald's franchise way back when? Um, 
So you, that, that's but easier what, to deal with. Maybe, maybe not the track record, but easier to deal with. I would absolutely say yeah. so, and you might get a lot more attention too. You know, so uh, exactly. Well, I'd like to um, switch gears just a little bit here, and I'd like to talk a little bit about franchise interviews and what you do because that, that's actually a very interesting. Concept. Thanks. It is franchise interviews. You know the way franchise interviews came about, Anita, was I. Uh, well, you know, I started the company because I wanted to one get back into franchising, but two, you know, our niche in the market. I think what makes franchise interviews different from every other internet site that's out there is, you know, most of these other internet sites are all the same. They all say the same information about Subway. They're kind of like um, duplications. All the websites are duplications of one another. They all say the same exact thing. They say the franchise costs this much, um, we have so many units, blah, blah, blah. Franchise interviews, what makes it different is we give like an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising. So, you know, I like to interview the franchisor, you know, the, the founder of uh, a particular system, um, so you can get an idea of the, of the corporate culture. Um, I think it's fantastic to interview franchisees. You know, we've interviewed a lot of franchisees you know, over the last year and a half. And those, I think, are the, usually the best interviews for me. You know, when you interview someone who's went from corporate America to owning, let's say, like a, a haircut franchise. I mean, that, that's it's, it's incredible to me. So it, it, it's every interview I've done has been like a tremendous learning experience. And I'm sure, you know, you, you, you kind of do something similar. You learn something at the end of every interview. You know, I say, wow, I thought I knew it all, but you know what? I don't. So that's what makes it makes it a little different. Now, what uh, you say this website has interviews on it. What form are the interviews in? Are they audio or are they text? We're adding audio to it. We're making a lot of changes to the website. We're actually in the process of uh, we're forming some new partnerships, um, but we're going to be adding audio to the website. We're going to be putting all the interviews in um, uh, Adobe Acrobat so people can actually come to the website and actually download the interviews in Adobe Acrobat. We even spoke about putting some of them in a possible book, you know, of all the interviews okay. that we've done. But today, if you go to that website, uh, which is, what's the URL again? URL address is franchiseinterviews.com. Okay, uh, so and if you go there, you're basically going to see some text. You are, and you're going to see, you can see some of the different interviews that we've done over over time. Certainly not all of them on there, you know, but um, we're, we're, we're going to make uh, some big changes to the website over the next several weeks, so absolutely. Okay, and you've got... Also, a copy of that uh, uniform franchise offering yes, circular, offering circular agreement. Absolutely, and, and I really, you know, I, I, I think the learning lesson of anyone looking to buy a franchise is, you know, if you are serious about any particular franchise system, whether it's Subway, Quiznos, it could be Aritas, um, get hold of that UFOC and, and, and study the heck out of it because that's kind of going to be like your Bible for, for franchising anyway. Um, it's going to tell you a lot of... Um, um, a lot of information that you're going to need to know to make an intelligent decision to buy the franchise. Okay. Well, we've got about 60 seconds left before the show closes. Is there anything you'd like to wrap up with, Marty, as far as what you have learned about franchising after all these years that you would like to share with listeners? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the one key element or the one key ingredient I found, Anita, you know, in interviewing all of these uh, successful franchisees or entrepreneurs is the key ingredient is persistence. You know, persistence prevails. You know, persistence is one of those things that any of us can have. So um, be persistent and 
and B, uh, do, do due diligence in your, your, your franchise search. And you know, if anyone has any questions, they could always come to our website, call us, email us, you know, whatever that may be. Well, thank you, Marty McDermott from FranchiseInterviews.com. It's been a great pleasure and very Thanks, informative. Anita. It's been my pleasure, Anita, speaking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Small Business Trends Radio. To contact Anita or one of her guests about the show, email her at anita at anitacampbell.com. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of Small Business Trends Radio with Anita Campbell.